I realized, holy cow, I made a huge mistake. I'm in four different startup businesses and I should only be in one. And that one thing should be the thing that I have 100% ownership of. Hey, Feasters. Welcome to episode seven of season five of Living the Feast. I'm Jason, aka Rez, helping you improve your business by having a conversation with someone who's been there, had success, and built a business designed around the life that they want to live. That's live in the feast. What is the ideal number of people you want to surround yourself with? This is a question that Matt Johnson, this episode's co-host, was asked recently and reflected on to figure out how to guide his business in the proper direction. Matt started out in the real estate space and found a great deal of success owning and dominating a specific niche market through podcasting. As a result, he built an agency to help other businesses own and dominate their niche through podcasting. In this episode, we dive into what business owners without a podcast struggle with most when they start to think about doing one. We talk about the ROI of podcasting, the biggest benefit to being a guest on a podcast for your business, and the biggest reason why most businesses don't do it. And finally, we talk about how aligning your own business objectives with your clients can make a huge impact. During this conversation, you'll hear how Matt's personality has allowed him to shape the direction of his career and how he aligns what he does in the business, who he works with, and what he thinks about before taking any sort of action. I know it sparked some thoughts for me, and I know it will for you too. So let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Feast, the premium online coaching and community designed for developers, designers, marketers, and freelancers like you wanting to specialize their business and build recurring revenue that is both profitable and sustainable. Today's market is ever-changing and yesterday's advice won't cut it. Feast members get exclusive access to the roadmap and training library, which includes everything you need to niche down, build recurring revenue, and become that go-to expert for your services. That together with the monthly roundup calls, exclusive workshops, expert chit-chat, and our Slack community, you'll have everything you need to build a business around the life of your dreams. If you're serious about not competing on price and having those clients that respect you and your expertise, then join Feast today. Head over to feastcourse.com. If you use the code NICHEPODCAST at checkout, you'll receive 15% off the annual membership price. Welcome. Today's featured co-host is Matt Johnson. Welcome, Matt. Hey, Jason. I'm pumped to be here. Thanks for being here. I'm super psyched for you to be here because we're going to dive into something that I'm passionate about. I know you're passionate about it as well. So I'm really excited for this. Matt was in the real estate and marketing space in a previous life, but turned podcaster, now runs an agency called Pursuing Results that focuses in on helping podcasters break into new markets and create authority. He also helps consultants and agencies with his done-for-you service, but also 
on top of that, he helps book guests for you as well. So that there's that little standout niche thing that he's doing there. But he also builds all the systems that you need for your podcast, as well as teaching you how to pitch yourself to get on other podcasts as well. Matt, I'm sure I didn't do enough justice to that intro. Why don't you tell us a little bit about why you do what you do? Yeah. So that's a really fun story. You know, I I got in, I used to work for an agency. They were a very focused productized agency. And so I was very lucky in that sense to come out of a great role model and had a great mentor. And he set me up, you know, kind of doing business development. And we started doing live webinars back when Google Hangouts was a thing. So this is like four years ago, right? So I started doing Google Hangouts and I just basically got handed a bunch of high level relationships in in the space that they played in, which was like real estate business coaching. So the coaches and consultants who teach agents and team leaders how to build successful companies, that's who we were doing these webinars with. One of them pitched me. He's like, dude, like he just called up one day. He's like, dude, we need to start a podcast. We have like great on-screen chemistry. We have a blast. The get, like, it's just, it's a fun process. He's like, I'd really like to sell and get into selling coaching. Why don't we do a podcast together? I said, that's fantastic. I was going to talk to you about it anyway. Let's do it. So we took like these monthly webinars that we were doing. They were already on video. They were already live. And I basically just turned it into a podcast and we started building an audience on YouTube and, and then later iTunes. And uh, it just, everything in, in life exploded from there, right? So I, I had, through that process of building a show that became very successful in the space and ended up being like one of the top five and still is one of the top five podcasts in that space. I literally just got off of my live, live broadcast about a half hour ago. So that's still going strong. And uh, I just, I had people like just magnetically just through the relationships and we had, you know, like you've had that same experience of inviting people onto the show and then afterwards they ask what you do. And mm-hmm. so, and at that point we had wrapped, ramped up to doing like, you know, two or three episodes a week. And then I was doing some other stuff. And people would just ask like, how in the world are you putting out this much content? And so I just explained a little like the team that I had built behind so that I could just show up and have the conversations and my team would do the rest of the production part. And they said, well, that sounds awesome, but that sounds exhausting. So kind of, I just, <laughs> we well, just rent me your team. I'm like, okay. So that worked for a while. And I basically just let them rent the people that was working for me and just in the off hours work for other people. Hmm. Uh, and that worked right up until it didn't, as I'm sure a lot of freelancers have had that experience. So then I had to turn it into a real agency. And then that started the journey of, okay, well, if I'm going to do it, you know, for real, for real, I have to really get clear about who the ideal client is and what's the one thing that we're selling to that one person. And, and that's been a little bit of a journey, but that's essentially was the big challenge. And, uh, and we've, we've solved all that. We have our productized service and stuff like that now, but it took a good, you know, it was a good two year process from the time when I started the company to when I really felt like I had that like nailed down and I stopped mm-hmm. considering my myself like a freelancer or a consultant and started considering myself more as like a a company owner. Right. Right. Yeah. Because you were serving a specific target. Yeah. Yeah. And it was about more than me. Like I had people signing up that didn't need me anymore, which was, that was incredible. Yeah. (laughs) As a solo business operator myself, I'm like, yeah, I go on vacation. That's it. Right. But yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, that's outstanding. So what I want to know is, is, how you went from your mindset shift, right? Like, so you were in real estate, you're in marketing. And then I get that you saw what podcasting did and we'll dive into that a little bit more, but what was your headspace like to say, here's this unexpected thing that's happening here that maybe I should go pay attention to that a little bit more and see, see if I'm better suited for this than where I'm at. Well, a couple things. So 
and I, I think I, it dawned on me a little bit about what, why this was really effective later. And I'll get to that in a second, but the realization that I needed to go do this and, and really turn it into my own like productized service. That was my mentor sitting down with me and saying like, Hey, I want to do this. I want to launch a podcast in four different industries. You're going to help my agency break out of the category we already dominate and into four other categories. And we want you to produce it, launch it, and book all the guests. And that went really well. We introduced into like a hundred high level relationships in four different industries, gangbusters, right? Took, they took their, you know, their biggest clients now are in industries where I helped them break into, which was awesome. And he basically like, as that was becoming apparent that it was working, he basically just sat down and was like, dude, stop everything else you're doing. It's like, what else are you doing? So I told him and, and, he's, and, I, and I realized at one point I was in four different startup companies. Like I had equity in something. I was helping somebody else do this membership site thing. Like I was doing a bunch of stuff and I had this mentality, which I think a lot of people have, uh, man, it's, and it's really easy to slip into because if you're good at what you do, you'll start getting these opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. And you start to think, man, this is awesome. Like people who come into my world, there's like four or five different ways where they can interact with me and I make money off of it. And that sounds awesome right up until it doesn't work. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> at least that's what, it, at least it didn't for me. And I know a lot of, it, it, it sounds awesome. And I know it's a lot of people uh, in my world have that same thing. You think it's going to be fantastic that anybody that kind of comes in that you run across, you can sell them this and you can sell them a little bit of that. And then you've got this over here and really anything they do, like any move forward, you make money off of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of what I was building for myself in the real estate space. And I really stepped back and I think it was, um, man, what did I read? I went back and read the 22 immutable laws of marketing. And then I went way down the Al Reese and Jack Trout rabbit hole and read freaking everything I could get my hands on marketing, warfare, focus, positioning. I read everything and I realized, holy cow, I made a huge mistake. I'm in four different startup businesses and I should only be in one. And that one thing should be the thing that I have a hundred percent ownership of. Right. I think as freelancers, it's really easy to get sucked into other good opportunities because we like people. And it's mm-hmm. fun to think about building something with somebody else. But at the end of the day, I think we all need to have something that we have 100% ownership of. So I just decided to go all in on the agency and, just, and, and said, this is going to be my main one thing. And that's when that really started to take off. And it's been way, way more successful than any of those other four things would have been if I would have kept like stayed in all four of those things and tried to push right. all four rocks up four different hills. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, so one of the questions that I love asking is, is, and I think I now know the answer, but I'm curious to know what is your defining moment in life so far? Uh, the defining moment in life so far, man, that's a tough one. Cause there, there's a few, but I would say the one that's most directly relevant to business is I remember sitting at Poseidon in San Diego, overlooking the ocean and this is before I came out to San Diego to do business development for my old agency. And I remember my, my boss, who was not my mentor at the time, he's now one of my best friends. He was just a dude that lived in California at the time. <laughs> but we're both from my hometown in Nebraska. So he had moved out to San Diego a year earlier, loved it. He had a whole office of employees back in Omaha, Nebraska that he you know, hardly talked to. And <laughs> he focused on growing the agency. So he moved into this little office in downtown San Diego. And it was him and the VP. And he said, basically, we're sitting there, we're overlooking the ocean. He said, Johnson, you should move here and you should come work with me in the office. And literally every good thing that's happened in my life since then was a direct result of that choice to leave where I was at, move away from, leave all of my friends and family that I had built up in, in the Midwest and just move out here and take a huge chance on doing something completely different. And I didn't stay for super long, you know, cause I ended up like becoming a freelancer after I left. And then he ended up becoming a client of mine and all those 
all those fun things that happened. But that's probably the defining moment was that decision to just take that chance. Because what it really was, was it was a commitment to make marketing my profession if that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. I, like I wasn't like, you've got all these skills and there's so many things you could do. And I was still unclear, like how much I wanted music to be a part of things. And you know, like there's other parts of your personality. That was the moment where I really said like, you know, I'm going to say no to pretty much everything else. Like there's still a side of me that has that musician side and that's cool. But mm-hmm. my profession, the thing that I make the money and the most impact in the world through business is going to be in marketing and nothing else. And the only question then was, just what exactly am I, what, what corner of the marketing world am I going to carve out as my own? That was a big moment. Hmm. Well, I, first of all, somebody invites you to live in San Diego. It's not like they're telling you like <laughs> Alaska right. or it's something. Like, hey, come move to Fargo. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. 70 degrees, yeah, exactly. 65 days a year. Yeah. No, that's, <laughs> that's great. I love that. Yeah. All right. So I'm a huge podcast guy, obviously. I mean, we're talking here, but I have a daily show. I've had previous podcasts, which are now in the archive, so to speak. But I know the impact that those podcasts had in my own career as a freelancer and being able to widen the network and really put my foot in the door saying, this is what I do. However, indirectly, right? Like it was more of just, I mean, the podcast that I'm referring to is a podcast where it was just a bunch of us developers pulling up Google Hangouts, going live irregularly monthly. So it wasn't even, we didn't even have a weekly show. We didn't even say we were going to do it on the 15th of every month. It was just whatever we felt like it. And we would invite other developers on the show and we would just have a topic to talk about and we'd talk about it for an hour and people loved it. And I had my own stance and the other guys had their own stance. And it was just, we widened our own network just based on that. And then we started like this web of work being passed around because it was like, oh, Jason does WooCommerce and uh, Tom does this and Bronson does this. And it was just like, okay, that was great. And we all kind of, you know, elevated ourselves in that ecosystem. So what I always try to encourage people to do is give podcasting a try and try just pull up your microphone. Everybody's got it or use your phone. You know, you could just record on your phone uh, and just talk about answering a question that you just had with that a client gave you. Just answer that. Right. And so I'm curious to know what you find. One, what you find people struggling with most when starting up a podcast. And two, how do you help them get over that? Well, see, that's a really interesting question because the thing, and this is straying into the realm of personal opinion, but I feel like I've got some experience to back this up because the, the interesting thing about running like a fully done for you service where we take all the technical details and we walk them through all that. And my service is made for like super busy business coaches, consultants, agency owners, like the guys that are just running, they've got a million things to do. They literally just need to have the ability to sit down on Zoom, have a conversation, have somebody else take care of the rest. So I say all that to say this, because we remove all the technical stuff, then you start to realize that the technical stuff isn't the real objection, right? Because you can solve all that stuff. Now, as we're recording this, Spotify just bought Anchor, right? Right. So it's about to get easier for you to pick up a phone and have a quote unquote podcast where you basically talk into your phone and you publish it to the world. Now, here's why most super busy 
successful people won't do that because that takes time and mental effort. And it takes getting over some limiting beliefs like I don't sound good. I don't like the sound of my voice. I don't feel like I sound like I know what I'm talking about. If it's just me talking into a microphone, like it's all, it's all the squishy human stuff that actually holds us back from stuff like podcasting. It's not actually the tech stuff because the tech stuff is getting easier by the day. Sure. Right? Uh, that's also why I'm not concerned about my service. Cause I know that, right. So the tech, like a guy, like one of my friends in the agency world sent me that and said like, Hey, did you see this? Like Spotify just bought anchor. Like, it doesn't affect me. You know, like that it's, it's the human being stuff. It's the guest booking. It's the, it's the wrangling people to sit down and record stuff. It's, it's coaching them through. How do you sound good? How do you be, get more comfortable with how you sound? How do you get more comfortable asking good questions as an interviewer? Like it's all like, that's what our service is about. And so it's, yeah, it's just, it, it's been interesting because all the things that people think hold them back from starting a podcast or from being a guest, it's almost never that. It's just limiting beliefs and misperceptions about themselves and what they sound and look like to other people. And if you can get over that, I mean, you've had the exact same experience I've had. I mean, I could easily, I, I think we were talking before, you said you could probably trace 80% of your income and current clients and all that back to relationships you formed on podcasting. I would say in my business directly, it's maybe roughly that or maybe even higher. And I could, like I said, directly trace every good thing that's happened in the last years of my life to that for first podcast I started. So for me, it's a hundred percent, like it's infinity percent. It's all, you know, <laughs> it's all podcasting. Now I think the reason why it works so well, and, and we're recording this on zoom, right? So we can see each other. Mm -hmm. To me, the rapport that you build from having this kind of an in-depth, like one-on-one -on -one conversation, even though we're not in person, you and I have a deeper relationship now than if you and I met in person and shook each other's hands in the hallway of an event that we met, that we met at, where we get to talk for like five minutes. So to me, like just the, the way the podcasting is going and especially the fact that we're able to record on video with the quality that we have now, like we have a better sense of what we're all about each other's body language, just each other's personalities and stuff like that. And so I think that's what part of what's created this environment where podcasting really is the new networking. I don't have to, I don't, I don't do a bunch of events. I don't fly all over the country to build my agency to meet new people. If I want to meet someone, I invite them onto the podcast and usually it's a yes and it's only a matter of time until they hop on. And I know I'm going to start that relationship off on a good note. So to me, that's, that's where I see things going. And that's why I think it's been like so effective for both of us. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're not going to get any argument from me for sure. I mean, <laughs> just when you popped right on, I saw the, the drum set behind yeah. you. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. You know? Yeah. And, and so you mentioned it about the limiting beliefs and all that other stuff. Do you, do you have to coax your clients to say, okay, you just kind of have to put that aside because this is what's going to happen if this, if you go ahead and press record. Yeah. The thing that I love about podcasting in general, but also as an agency owner that like provides it is that podcasting is a tool that works, whether you think it's working or not, whether you understand it or not. So the interesting thing, like if you're a freelancer, you'll, especially if you're in like marketing, you'll run up against this a lot where a lot of times in order for people to do what you tell them to do in order to get results from it, they have to understand it and they have to implement it correctly. Right. Think about if you try, like if you were experienced in like running Facebook ads and you tried to teach a client how to run their own Facebook ads, they're going to have to understand it at a strategic level to even do it right. Mm -hmm. The cool thing about podcasting is that it's a tool that as long as you just get on and do it, the reps take care of everything. They'll get better over time, whether they think they're getting better or not. Right. Like it just solves so many problems. And that's what I'm always looking out for is I knew that I wanted to like base my agency around something that worked, whether the client's fully understood what was going on or not. 
because then that protects me as a freelancer and as a consultant and an agency owner, but also just makes things more effective because unfortunately all of our clients are not going to always agree with us on strategy. Mm -hmm. But as long as they sign on, as long as they get started, and as long as they stay consistent, I know they're going to get results because podcasting itself works whether you understand how it works or not. So I understand how it works. I understand what it's done for me. And I can tell them all day long and I can share stories that reinforce that and all that stuff. And they'll get super excited, but there's always that day that gets there where they're like, man, I just like, I listen back to my episode. I'm just not crazy about how I sound. That's okay. It'll get better. Just keep doing it. Right. It's all, it's all about the reps. Yeah. I would say go listen to my very first episode. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I will not tell anybody that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that's terrible. And what's funny, you mentioned Anchor too. My daily show started as a social experiment for myself and I did it on Anchor. And all I really wanted to do was I was getting asked tons and tons of questions as I do, right? Like emails and tweets and Facebook and all over the place, right? And I was like, oh, I mean, I found myself cutting and pasting sometimes. Like <laughs> I answered this question last week. Let me go find that email cut paste, right? And so I was like, you know what? Let me just do a daily show, like see if I could do a daily show where I just pull up anchor and talk, answer a question. And then this way, at least I could send somebody a link, right? Like, and it grew real quick. I mean, daily show, obviously you're just putting it out there and people are going to download whatever they download, but it was weird. It was like after 30 days where the time was done, I was like, this is growing pretty cool. Like this is giving me tons and tons of comment content and I was getting feedback and all this and that. And I was like, all right, I need to pull it off of anchor, put it on my podcast host so that I can manage this better. Right. And so, but yeah, I mean, and now I'm 200, I think today was 240 and you know, episode 240. So, I mean, it's, it's fun for me. I'd much rather pull up a microphone than write a blog post. That, that's just me. Yeah. And I'm a writer and I, I would tend to agree with that. Like, yeah, I mean, even, even if you're, even if writing is a natural skill set, it's still so much easier to do something on audio. Yeah. And, and I feel it's, and you said it too, it's, it, it's not just a personal connection between you and the guest, but it's also the person listening, right? They hear how we talk, they hear our tone of voice, our point of view and all that stuff. Whereas in words on page could be misinterpreted, tonality is not there and all that other stuff. So yeah. And it definitely helps. Like even when I read Seth Godin stuff now, now that I listen to Seth Godin's podcast, I, I read Seth Godin's blog in his voice. <laughs> With all the pauses. All yes. <laughs> the dramatic yes. pauses from Seth. Yeah. <laughs> I, have to, I have to put him on the uh, skip, skip blank, you know. Oh, is that? Yeah, yeah. I do that or one, two times. Yeah, two yeah, times. Like I, I, I talk to some really fast talking people. And yeah, when I go to listen to Seth's podcast, it's like, <laughs> it's so different. I love it. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things I want to talk about too is, is we talked about having your own podcast and I get that. And that's a lot of work. Even if you have all the tech squared away, people still have to do that. But you also have a pitching Mm-hmm. course, essentially, right? You, you help a training to help you get on other podcasts. And I'm intrigued by that one, because I get tons of requests all the time that are terrible. <laughs> but two, I found for myself, just getting it on other podcasts, even if I didn't have my own helps widen my audience and get me in front of potential customers and clients. Uh, so 
I'm curious to hear your your feedback and thoughts on one how to not be bad at it, <laughs> and two what's the little tricks that or not even tricks, but what is the strategy when you want to go and be a guest on a podcast? Yeah, so the, so the quick background on this is I I saw this as a need and I knew I didn't want to provide it in the agency even though we we're good at it because it's not it's not something I wanted to cloud my number one thing that I provide. I didn't want to like cloud the issue with my productized service. So we put the training together and I'm in the same position where I get all the best and worst pitches. So I know what works in general. So I wanted to solve that problem for people. But the big problem that I wanted to solve with it is the time problem. So if you are the freelancer, you know, we talk about kind of how do you live in the feast? To me, the reason that we go through those feast and famine cycles is because we get ourselves in the modes of, of you know, prospecting and reaching out to potential clients And then as soon as we close the business, well, then we've got to fulfill on it. And then that means that our prospecting activities go through the floor. Uh, They either completely stop or they they slow down to a point where we we create that feast and famine cycle is something that we create by our own activity. And so if if you're able to get on podcasts consistently, that will solve a lot of that for you. You'll generate authority and credibility. You'll get put in front of new audiences. It's it, the average podcast gets 200 downloads. So it's better than your average speaking engagement. So for those of you who think you need to get out and speak a ton, go on podcasts. As someone who's done both, and I'm sure you have too, it's way easier to jump on a podcast like we are now where I didn't have to get into my car, put a suit on and spend three hours preparing. And the effectiveness and the reach is the same or more right? Of, of getting on podcasts, especially since they end up being mostly more targeted than speaking engagements. So if you know all that stuff, right? If you know, if you know why you should go on podcasts and all that stuff, really the problem is just the time, right? I've got the time to maybe be interviewed a couple times a week. I don't have the time to do all the research, the reach out, the scheduling, the prep, all that stuff. Like somebody else has to be doing that. So that's what I decided to do the course. It's not about doing it yourself. It's about it's a, it's a training course for somebody else, like an intern, assistant, a VA, some other freelancer, basically, uh, okay. to, to pitch you on podcasts for you. So all you do is show up and have the conversations. Because to me, like for my clients, like the more that I talk to them, that's what they needed. They didn't need me to tell them how to go pitch themselves on podcasts. They can pick up the phone and call some other podcast hosts and go, hey, can I be on your podcast? Yeah, man, let's do it. But that, it will end there. It will stop, like nothing will happen after that phone call. So it's not that they can't get on, they just didn't have the time to do all the logistical stuff. And that's what I, what I created the training for. Now, you, so you're asking kind of like, how do, you, how do you be a good guest? I'm probably violating that because I'm, I'm, a, I'm rambling a bit, I feel like, but I'll give you, I'll give you something. Yeah, yeah. Tell stories. Right. And this is something I'm working on. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, believe me, because I'm an idea, concept, abstract thinker guy. So I can talk about ideas all day long. I've got more books than I can shake a stick at just like surrounding me like a hobbit nesting among books. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, but when I go on podcasts, I make an effort to like, if you ask me like, for example, like in a sales call, right? So we're talking about sales. If we're in a sales call and somebody asks me like, what can, what results can I expect? I'm not going to tell them numbers and stats. I'm going to pull a story out about a client who's similar to them and talk about their stats. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm answering their question, but kind of indirectly. And I'm using a story because that gets way under the skin and has way more impact than any stats or anything I could claim about how awesome my service is. Same thing goes on a podcast. So if we were talking like, let's say we we're talking like more directly to my ideal audience and you asked me, Hey Matt, can you tell me a little bit about the results of your, like what kind of results can you see from a podcast? I wouldn't tell you stats, I would tell you a story about what my clients are seeing 
and some of the examples that, uh, you know, from real life. So that's probably the biggest suggestion I can, I can give you on just how to be a good guest is just kind of look at what stories you can tell rather than the facts and stats and kind of statements that you can give. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I try to always be curious too, right? So I want to get inside the head of the audience often and try to figure out, okay, where are they at in their life? From what I try to do anyway, is I try to one, if I know the host or if I don't talk to the host a little bit beforehand, right? Two, I will always go listen to like two or three shows and try to get a sense of what they're talking about. See what the title, I'll always go through the roster of podcast titles and I'll just see like, oh, okay. So, oh, right. So they're more marketing geared more than developers or whatever the, the case may be or something like that. Cause I want to understand really where they're coming from and I want to help them. I want to add value in some way. And I always try to go into any sort of conversation or, and this has always been a mantra of mine in the services industry is I want to have somebody leave my desk in a better place whether that's with me or somebody else or wherever, right? So same thing with the podcast, being a guest on a podcast, I want to give some value of them that they're actually going to be able to go implement right away. And yeah, exactly. And I, and same thing for me, right? So like before, like as we were talking, I'm sitting kind of like making notes. So we were talking before we hit record and same thing. Like I, I asked you about the audience, mm-hmm. what, what are they looking to get? You're able to kind of break down, okay, this is what season we're in. This is the focus. And, and that way I was able to kind of pull, okay, here are the things I think we might talk about. And that way I can write down the things that I think out of my own experience, the things that have meant the most to me and made the most impact. Here are some of those things that I feel like I could communicate that would fit like the, the focus that you're looking to put out on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's about doing just a little bit of homework. It's not a ton. It definitely is not burdensome. Right. Right. Um, but it's, yeah, it really is about like caring enough about that person on the other end of the microphone and their audience to put in a little bit of that work. The good news is at least with like with the training course that I have, you can shortcut a lot of that by having somebody else do some of the prep groundwork and give you easy ways to go listen links and kind of prep and kind of lay the groundwork for you so that you can open up your calendar and know some of those things beforehand. That way you can go quickly listen to some episodes. You can quickly, you know, check out the background. Like there's a lot that can be done to kind of shortcut that process of research. So you're not doing all of it, but the effect is the same. You show up prepared and ready to give value. Right. And, and that URL for that training course is podcast pitch assistant. Yeah. So that's, that's straight to the, uh, straight to the place where you can buy it and learn more about it. Uh, if you want to take, just to take a training about how and why you might want to go on podcasts and how to be a great guest and, and kind of turn podcasting like into relationships with the hosts and stuff like that and upgrade your network that is at pursuingresults.com slash training. And we'll put all of that in the show notes. Obviously you could go grab that one final thought that I have, and this is where I think a lot of people get hung up on because there's no direct, unless you outright ask, it's hard to attribute a sale to a podcast episode. So how do you essentially show that to your clients? Well, you definitely need them to have the mechanism where they're asking their leads, the story of how they came into their world. If they're not asking, if they don't care enough to ask, no matter what you're helping them with their marketing, you're going to have a hard time justifying results, mm-hmm. right? My ideal with my clients, because I, I, for the most part, really are only working with people who have something high ticket to sell and they're selling low numbers of high ticket and not high numbers of low ticket. 
right? They're not selling to the masses, they're selling to the few. And so it is a little bit easier for me. If you were serving a market where they were selling like, let's say a low cost membership and you were producing their podcast, they're probably not talking to those people on the phone before they sign up and nobody else is, nobody's asking them the question, how did you find me? Now, my clients are usually the opposite where they are talking to the clients before they sign up. So they do get a better sense of where they're coming from. Uh, And I've been in those rooms. Like one of my clients ran his first ever live event. It sold out. People got on a plane and went to Omaha, Nebraska in May of last year. And somebody in the audience stood up and, and just said like, Hey Jeff, like out of all the people that you see here in this room, there's like a couple hundred people in the room. How many of those would you say came off of your podcast? He's like easily 70%. Right. And so why? Because he's talked to all those people, right? Because it's a small enough numbers and they're paying high ticket to be there that he knows exactly where they're coming from. He knows where those relationships started. And, uh, and especially if you if a podcast is like your main, your primary marketing engine, and that's where you're putting most of your time, effort and energy and everything else is kind of peripheral around that. It's really easy to track it back to a podcast. So I don't have as much issue as maybe some other people, tracking back the results, but that's also a conscious choice. Like me as a freelancer and a consultant made a very conscious choice that my personality works better working with people who sell to the few and not the many. And that to me, that's a decision you have to make for yourself. If I'm going to help people market, I'm going to help people grow their business. Who are they selling to? Are they selling to the many or are they selling to the few? Because those two groups of people are not the same. They absolutely care about different things. They believe different things. They act differently. They think differently. And so to me like that, that's what my agency is based on. I sell to the few and I sell to the people who are selling to the few. It's all very aligned and it's just, that's just the way my personality works. So hopefully that's helpful to other people because you do have to, that, that was a very helpful distinction for me. And it really started to narrow down who I allow into my world as a client. If they're trying to sell to the many, that's already a red flag. And it may be the final nail in the coffin sometimes. That may just be it. Everybody, like everywhere else, they might be an ideal client. But if they're selling to an audience of people that I don't, I'm not naturally suited to help them reach, it's, it's better for me to just catch and release. And that's a hard lesson to learn. Yeah, no, I love that because that's gold right there. I mean, to know exactly who you're marketing to and get in the head of them and know what their objectives are. I mean, that's key. The space that I play in, so to speak, is, is definitely a high volume space but I don't do that way. I much rather, I know every single person that comes across my desk, right? Like I much rather have that high touch. And that's why I think a lot of people struggle with it because with podcasting in general is, is that they look for these big, big numbers, right? They're like, Oh, they hear the, all these things. Right. And, it, but if you have a hundred people and I, I try to always say this, like what room have you been in, in the past 90 days that's had a hundred people in it? Imagine standing up in front of those hundred people and talking to them, right? I mean, that's what you need. You don't need like, you know, serials numbers or gimlets, you know, roster of shows. Like you don't need all of that stuff. You just need some ears and know who you're talking to and know really precisely what they're thinking about and how you can help them. And they'll be right there knocking at your door. Mm -hmm. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Never, never chase the numbers. Sometimes the, when you do get the numbers, it's an indication that you're attracting the many. And if you don't have the right product offer for them, then it's not going to sell. And believe me, I've been in that place before of running a podcast that got a lot of numbers in our space, but we didn't have the offer right. And when we didn't have the offer right, we didn't sell, but we still got all the accolades and all the praise and all the recognition for having a, a top rated, whatever podcast And knowing that we weren't selling and maximizing that audience by selling to them effectively, 
but still while getting all the numbers and all the recognition is a really crappy feeling. Mm. You know, like that's not, that's not the position you want to be in. So, and that's why I made that conscious decision. Like, nope, like I, yeah, it's great that I built a show that had good numbers. That's fine. But the shows that I'm really passionate about helping and the, the people that I really want them excited uh, are the people that they could get a thousand, 1500 downloads on their podcast and they freaking dominate their niche. Nobody else is, it can sell into that space or nobody else comes to mind in that podcasting niche that like they do, like they own that space. Most people, if you ask them like, Hey, would you like to have a podcast that gets a thousand downloads? They'd be like, yeah, that, that sounds, you know, you know, I'd rather have 10,000. No. What that means is that you're probably still trying to sell to the masses. It's better to sell to the few. Hmm. No, I love that. So before we wrap up here, what's next for you in the next six to 12 months? So I'm in, I'm, I'm in a really good position where I have a, an interesting decision to make. So I'm going to cap the agency out and not take on any more like one-on-one done-for-you service clients. Because uh, I don't want to go down the same road my mentor went down of hiring account manager after account manager. And then you have to hire the layer of management between you and them and just build out a whole full-blown traditional scaled up agency model. Uh, it's, it's tempting and, and the money's tempting, uh, but I don't think it would work for my lifestyle and my personality, right? I'm a little bit more introverted. And somebody asked me a really great question really recently that made me think a lot. It was something like this. What is the ideal number of people that you want to have around you, like personal access to you. And for me, being a natural introvert, like I'm I'm a learned extrovert, but it's a really small number. I don't want to have a bunch of people in my life. I don't want to show up to an office of 50 people that look to me and I I need to be there every day or things don't happen. So yeah, so I have a choice. There's a couple of different ways to scale up, which is why I've been reading a lot of The Business of Expertise, David Baker, phenomenal book, and just working on that process of, okay, I've been running a done-for-you service. I know what works, but we're shifting to training and strategy. And so that podcast pitch assistant training that I mentioned is the first step in that evolution of taking all the systems that we've built and the strategy we've learned from doing the work and starting to transform it into a teaching others how to do the work and then selling the strategy on the front end. So that's the next step for me is really shifting. I'm not going to get rid of the done for you service. I'm going to build a layer on top of that that takes the same exact strategy and systems and just monetizes it in a different way. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. I didn't want to hire anybody and it yeah. took a little while to figure that out. Cause I did for a little bit. Yeah. And it was like, what's, what's your stat? Like, do you have a, like, do you have an admin or like an integrator role that just helps you like be the best solo operator you can be? Right now, the only person that I have on standard contract is, yeah. is Adam, who does all of the post-production work of this show. <laughs> he got a podcast producer. Okay. Nice. That's right? awesome. Uh, and he's fantastic. It's Adam Clark yeah. from the Gently Mad. I mean, he's great. But it's just, for me, I've, see, I'm a developer though, right? So okay. if I do the same thing twice, like I've got this underpinning of like, code and systems and processes and things like that. So like when something happens, a lead comes in, there's like all these bells and whistles. It's like a Rube Goldberg machine probably. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's but, like the opening of a back to the future movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's like, I basically, I mean, I've been doing this a long, long time. So like, yeah, I have all these systems in place that basically do all that stuff for me, which I've never okay. had to have a high, uh, never hire a VA or anything like that. But I'm That's starting crazy. to. But you actually genuinely like the work. Like you're not doing things that you don't want to do. You want to actually stay and do some of those things because you genuinely enjoy the, the development work. Yeah, I love fulfilling the client work and I'll always do that. I'm starting to, much like yourself, start to sell training 
and helping other freelancers. Basically, I want other freelancers to reach the goals that they set out to do, right? And so how I did it, I want to teach them how to do it so that they don't necessarily have to grow an agency. They don't have to, you know, grow a, a 50 person team. They, they can do this stuff. If I can do it, anybody can do it. And so that's what I'm trying to do. And now I'm, because I'm starting to grow that part of the business, I'm like, you know what? Their VA would be good for this. <laughs> like I'm starting to be able to identify the spots in which I could use that help. And it's, and it's, it's funny because I was like, I so went off that track for so long that like, I'm just going to figure out a script or a tool or whatever to figure out how to do that. And I don't need to hire somebody to do that and teach them and all that. And the responsibility from my end is more of the, the concern. Like I have to make sure they're paid. I have to keep them busy. I have to, you know, it's one thing for me, myself, my family, the roof over my head and such, but then somebody else's mouth, family, <laughs> roof, all that stuff. I mean, it's a, it's a big responsibility. So no. it is, which is why one of the things, like if anybody ever asked me for like a general piece of advice, uh, even when I go speak to like real estate audiences, I'll tell them the same thing, hire somebody. Hire them right now, hire them part-time, hire them in the Philippines, I don't care, but hire somebody, even if you don't think you need them because the, like the process of personal development that that starts to send you on and just understanding the responsibility of paying somebody else and being responsible for their quality of work, their quality of life, like all that stuff, just the, like that personal development journey is priceless. And I think if more people went down that road of just hiring somebody and starting to develop that sense of what it's like to manage other people and be responsible for what others, somebody else is doing. It's invaluable. And the process of personally growing and developing like builds these meta skills that you can take into any other area of business, right? The process of learning how to hire people, the process of learning how to manage and just the mental burden of all that stuff and getting comfortable with that is a meta skill you can bring with you into any other business situation for the rest of your life. Mm, yeah. hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, we've got some stuff to talk about offline because I've got some introductions and people that I can, I would love to connect you with <laughs> by going down that journey. Like my head is already spinning with like things that I can send your way, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a cool part of the, uh, it's a cool part of the journey. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. So where can folks reach out and say thanks? Easy. PursuingResults.com. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram. So it's UX machine, Y-O-U-X machine, like you to the power of X. So that's kind of where I keep in touch with my audience and promote the podcast episodes and talk about the latest guests. But it's also just my, it's almost like my daily blog. So all the things that I'm thinking about and the stuff that comes from reading and from me being coached and all that stuff comes out for the primarily on Instagram. Great. And we'll link up all of those in the show notes and go on Instagram. Say thanks to Matt. Yeah, appreciate thanks, it. I appreciate you being here and sharing some time. Thank you so much. Awesome. And until next time, it's your time to live in the feast. We create that feast and famine cycle by our own activity are some wise words that I want you to take away with, if nothing else, from what Matt shared with us during this podcast. Take a look at Matt's training. Get yourself booked on some podcasts so that you can always be prospecting even if you are heads down in client work. Next week, I'll be back with Elise Benin. Super excited for you to hear from someone, an expert who's been helping creative professionals market themselves for the past 30 years through her books, 
podcast and the simplest marketing planner. Until then, it's your time to live in the feast. Feast.